Hey, murder lovers. My name is Mackenzie. This is Fatina. And you're listening to Stranger Danger, a true crime podcast. Welcome back. Welcome back. Thanks for letting us take a break. Yeah. It's been a while. uh, When was the last time? A month? Yeah. It was our our summer break. We, uh, I mean, I know we had a lot of adventures during that time off. So we did a big, big road trip. Went to go meet. Not uh, we. Fatina. Oh, no. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) We uh, took a big road trip down to Arizona and then Utah, Wyoming, Idaho back. We did a lot of, like, sightseeing, and, oh, I swear we saw a UFO at the Grand Teton National Park. Oh, I'm sorry, no, at Bryce Canyon National Park. Um, There was this, it was like a helix-looking thing in the middle of the sky, right above us, and it was not moving, but it was, like, the shiniest, most brightest thing you'd ever seen. We tried to take pictures of it and video, and it would not come out. It Weird. would not come out. So we're like, okay, so what do we do? Do we just stare at it? And we, okay, we started moving along the highway and it was like still not moving from where it was. I was like, that is weird. It was so, so, I can't even explain how mm-hmm. bright it was, but it was the middle of the day. Oh. So it was like bright blue skies, not a cloud in sight. And there was this thing in the sky, just it was the weirdest thing. So I'm like, hmm, that makes sense for there to be a UFO at a national park that, you know, maybe. That tracks. Yeah. Maybe they're picking up some deer and elk for dinner. I have no idea. <laughs> I love how different you and Kara are because your, like, most exciting moment was almost seeing a, or maybe seeing a UFO. Her most exciting moment was Buffalo walking right in oh, front of your yeah, car. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, we had the... Best experience at Grand Teton National Park. We almost didn't do the loop drive. And then on the way back, on the way out of the park, we saw that there was like a traffic jam-ish thing going on. And Kara saw like one buffalo about a mile down the road. And she's like, oh, at least I got to see a buffalo. And I saw the traffic jam coming up around the curve. And I was like, oh, in my head, I was like, oh, I bet it's because of buffalo. And as soon as we started pulling up to the jam, there was buffalo up on the side of the road. And eventually we're like okay well we saw them you know they're moving along so let's start moving along again and then this one buffalo starts coming up on the side of the road or onto the road and i was like do not move because Mm -hmm. first of all we don't want to run it over we don't want it to ram us yeah they're big they're very big they're huge and then we started recording it, and it was, like, this entire family of buffalo that crossed right in front of our, our car. So Literally. Like, you were the amazing. first car. They walked right yeah. in front of their car. And they had a little baby with them. Little baby. It was so cute. It was very yeah. cute. So, yeah. Thank you for that uh, break. It was uh, very relaxing, mm-hmm. I'd like to say. And we had some, I mean, it's summer here for us, so this room would have been insufferable to record in. Yeah, we've been dealing with some heat waves. It yeah. might get insufferable here this afternoon, so yes. we will see. So we're recording early morning. Yes. All right. Early morning, and it's now almost 11. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so where do we start? I, I have a case for you that's uh, very, uh, I'll be honest with you, it's going to fuck up your day. <laughs> I'm, gonna, oh, I'm just gonna jump right into it. It's uh, or get right back on the horse. Okay. It's it's gonna fuck up your day. It's great. gonna wreck your day. Hate that. So if anyone is 
uh, eating. <laughs> I would say put your food down <laughs> if anyone's drinking. Oh, no. And... It's a cannibal. <clears throat> no, it's not a cannibal. Oh, okay. No, not a cannibal. Uh, but trigger warning, like uh, sexual abuse of a minor, of a kid. Okay. So five years old. Oh. So definitely want to put that out there before I get started. This is the story of Komari Holland. And it's not a story that happened too long ago. It happened towards the end of 2021. So this happened on December 13th, 2021. Kamari Holland is was a five-year-old in Columbus, Georgia. She was with her mother at the time. Her mother is Christy Sipling. And her mother was 35 years old at the time when this happened. She had her overnight. And her story goes that she went to bed around midnight. She said she woke up around 3 a.m. Wait, sorry. So does her mom not have custody of her? Her mom does not have custody of her. Okay, so she had, I don't want to say possession of her child, but she had her child with her that night. Okay. Yes. So when you were like, she had her overnight, I was like, she birthed her overnight? Like... (laughs) No, sorry. So her mom did not have full custody of her. Her mom has a total of four kids. Kamari is the only girl. She's the second youngest girl. Mm. And the she has so she has one more kid uh, that's younger than her that's a boy. And so Kamari had been married to Corey Holland and Wait. Sorry, I'm getting confused. You sorry. said Kamari had been married to I'm sorry. Okay. Should I just start over? No, no, no. It's, I just want to No, I just said the name. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I was like, Kamari and Christy. I'm sorry. So Christy, Kamari's mom had been married to Kamari's dad, Corey Holland. And things happened. Eventually they got divorced and the, the dad got full custody of both of the younger kids, both of his kids. So Kamari was full custody, full time with him. And she did have visitation rights over the weekend sometimes or every other weekend or something like that. And on this specific weekend, the mom was, it was not her weekend to pick her up. And when she did have visits, they were supposed to be supervised as well. Mm -hmm. And so the mom pulled up unannounced to the dad's house and the, he wasn't initially going to let Kamari go with her, but he saw the excitement in Kamari's face and her words saying that she was excited to see mommy, that he actually let her go with her mom for the weekend. Was this out of character for the mom to do? I don't know that. Okay. But it sounds at the very least that it was a surprise type of thing. Okay. I was like, I'm here to pick her up and like played it off like it was a miscommunication type of thing or something like Interesting. that. Interesting. But the dad gave in, said, you know, it's the kid's he mom. He prioritized his daughter's of feelings. Of course. Yeah. The kid was happy to see her mom and was happy to go with her, so he let her go. Healthy co-parenting relationship. And so Christy took Kamari home, and so kind of starting over, but she said she went, Christy went to sleep around midnight. She said she kind of woke up around 3 a.m. I'm not sure exactly what happened around that time, but she went back to sleep and she woke up back around, woke up again at around 5.30, 5.45-ish in the morning. And once she actually woke up, got out of bed, she went to go see Kamari and realized that Kamari was not in her bed. So at 6.15 in the morning of December 13th, Christy picked up the phone and called 911 to report her daughter missing. When she called 911, she reported that her 
daughter was missing and that the door had been left open. So it clearly looked like someone had broken into the house and kidnapped little five-year-old Kamari from her home. So at this point, of course, the police has like an APV out for this kid. There's, I mean, it's a five-year-old. So they started looking for this kid everywhere. So something to note about Columbus, Georgia, is that it's one of those towns that is neighboring a different state. So just like Portland is to Vancouver. Mm -hmm. We're really close, just like 10 minutes away. So Columbus, Georgia is really close to Phoenix City, Alabama. And that's where her dad, Kamari's dad, stayed. So it wasn't too far to go over border to border. Oh, got it. Okay. So you get this jurisdiction question that right off the bat. That becomes an FBI issue right yeah, away. Right. At this point, they didn't know whether or not the kid was still in Georgia or she was in Alabama, but nonetheless, the search started going on for this little five-year-old. What year was this? This was 2021, so this okay, was so less than eight months ago. It wouldn't have really mattered at this point anyway, because kidnapping at one point was handled at a state level. I don't remember the years that it was handled at a state level, but uh, since then, it any kidnapping case automatically becomes a federal investigation. Does it? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. So they, of course, started looking around for her. And this little this part gets a little bit tricky because we don't know exactly how the police got information on this particular person. And they're choosing to keep that under wraps. There is a gag order on, on all this now. So we only know what they want us to know right now. So eventually, if we ever figure it out, of course, I'll come back and tell you guys. But what happened is that unbeknownst to us at this point, the police got tipped off on this particular person. And his name is Jeremy Tremaine Williams. He is a 37 years old and he was known to the police to have a rap, a rap sheet already. So they started looking into him. They eventually... Found him at a hotel called Bamboo Hotel. He had been there with his uncle. It was known as his hangout spot for... He may or may not have been selling drugs, but that was where he hung out, and that's where a lot of drug activity happened. His uncle is not known to be involved in this case. That just happens to be who he was with when he was arrested. So that same day, on December 13th, in the evening, they tracked him down and they went and arrested him as a, as a suspect in this case. At least we want to know, how are you involved in this? Do you know anything about this kid? I would also like to know how they're involved. We also want to know, too. But the police will not say. They won't know. They won't tell how they got tipped off to go follow him. Got it. There's some so, confidential informant something, there. Something, yes. Some anonymous tipper called in and said, you might want to follow up with this guy. So they arrested Jeremy and by 11.15 that evening, they had tracked down the address of where he used to live about a year ago mm-hmm. in Alabama, in Phoenix City, Alabama. And they found an abandoned house. And in that house was Kamari. Oh, no. I we, have so many questions yeah. now. So at this point, we don't know if they were just simply doing their due diligence and they were following up on old addresses of his, or if there was an anonymous tipper that put them out into that house, or while they had him in custody, if he told them to go to that house. So it could be one of those three possibilities. Interesting. But at 11.15, they did pronounce her dead <sighs> in that abandoned house. 
It was so cold it was that less night. than 24 hours after she oh, disappeared. Oh, 100%. Because I mean, the mom was saying midnight. Fast. Yep. That is super fast. And for them to zero in on one person, zero in on where she's at. That's a damn good tip. All within a day. So someone had to have known something. Yeah. And so at that point, they have on their hands a five-year-old innocent little girl who is now deceased. And so brace yourselves. Here come some details about how they found Kamari. Her cause of death was asphyxiation. So very clearly choked. It sounds like it was by hands. Both her arms were broken. Both her legs were broken. And it was clear that there was sexual abuse. Did they say whether those injuries happened pre or post-mortem? They couldn't determine because the house was so cold that it was hard to pinpoint A, an exact time of death, and whether or not those happened pre or post. Oh, that's really upsetting. Yeah. So, that's how they found poor little Kamari. Immediately they took her in for an autopsy because they wanted to... They had this link with Jeremy that it was a house that he had lived in a year prior. Mm -hmm. And now they have... They want to make sure, you know, DNA and whatnot is there to close the case up, right? So, at this point, there is a news conference with the sheriffs from both counties they're talking about their their collaboration you know trying to they had to cross borders to go from georgia to alabama to make sure that they apprehended both him and that they found kamari and at this point they're saying you know we have who we believe is a suspect who we believe is the perpetrator of this we don't know but we can't rule out if there's anyone else involved in this case so come to find out there is a Pretty nasty rap sheet on Jeremy. And this all immediately comes to light. Is it Jeremy or Jeremiah? Jeremy. Okay. Did I say Jeremiah too? I don't know. Did I, I switch heard it like up? A, there was like a middle name in there. that <clears throat> Tremaine. Tremaine. There we go. That's yeah. where it's the blending aim. for yeah. me. Yeah. So okay. Jeremy. So his rap sheet begins, well not begins, but the most recent one was on August 1st of 2021. And this was in Muskie County. He was being charged with simple battery, family violence, and third-degree cruelty to children because there was a child that saw him slap his mom or his Mm then-wife. So because the kid witnessed that, that one was still pending at this time when this was happening. But due to COVID and all the delays, this still hadn't seen a day in court. That was August of 2021. And then that was two misdemeanor charges that were still kind of pending. In 2009, in Russell County, there was a charge of aggravated child abuse. And again, this is very brutal and... uh, What am I... It's freaking tragic, whichever way I put it. But just brace yourself. Shit gets worse. Um, He is accused of submerging a three-year-old boy in a pot of boiling water up to his waist oh god oh god what yes that was 2009 and this man is on the streets and he was acquitted in 2012 i know i have chills oh my god he was acquitted for lack of evidence he was saying that the kid put pulled 
the pot of boiling water on itself on himself. And a three-year-old is not considered a reliable witness. Probably not. Holy yeah. freaking moly. Yeah. So he was acquitted of oh that. Oh, my God. They, the jury did not have enough information to, to oh my body hurts on that. I know. Oh, God. It's fucking terrible. And then when I what kept reading, I was like, are you evil kidding me? bastard. No, he's a monster. He's an absolute monster. And, it, and that's not even the worst. So he, in 2005... He was charged with, well, no, I'm sorry. He was suspected in North Pole, Alaska, by North Pole, Alaskan police. Alaska. Alaska. He was living there at the time with um, his then wife or girlfriend, I'm not sure, at the Isleson Air Force Base in Fairbanks. And they had a child together. Her name was Nadia Trenise Williams. This kid unfortunately died at one month old from blunt force trauma but there was there was not enough evidence to charge him that was 2005 jesus christ so almost immediately when these charges for kamari came up the alaskan police immediately opened up that case Reopen yeah. that case and say, yeah, we so. know we have the right guy. So that one was reopened. That one's still pending. But obviously now he has these charges in Alabama that are have, are still ongoing. But now this Alaska case is now reopened because he possibly killed a one-month-old at that t- at, in 2005. His own one-month-old. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I... Ugh. And he was on the streets this did, entire time. Did the three-year-old... The three-year-old lived, I would assume. Yes. Yes. But obviously is... Probably completely disfigured. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that poor baby. Yeah. Oh, three-year-old geez. baby. <sighs> so... How are people so evil? Uh, this guy is a complete monster. I really cannot I told you it was going to fuck up your day. I can't like, understand I, that. <laughs> yeah. And so come to find out a couple a couple days after this, um, you know, investigation started unfolding, you know, in front of the media, because it was obviously a full five year old that had gone missing and then found dead almost immediately. Uh, some news reporters locally found out some police records that a 31 year old unidentified female had actually called in a report for the day before December 12th, saying that she had had a fight with her boyfriend, somehow ended up at Jeremy's house because for the night, to spend the night, whatever. Um, also, maybe drug related. I was say, it's a drug scene. Probably drug related. But when she wanted to leave, he placed an ice chest, I'm assuming like a freezer, in front of the door and wouldn't let her out and then forced her to perform sexual acts on her. And potentially, and also there's claims of sodomy at that point. She said that on that December 12th encounter with him, she asked him to, you know, let her leave and whatnot, and he wouldn't. But she eventually told him where he, she knew to find drugs. So they went out the house together. They were at a gas station and she wanted to go to the restroom, but he took the phone away from her so that she wouldn't be able to call help for help. 
Luckily, she had a second phone on her, so while she was in that bathroom, she called for help. She didn't necessarily call 911, but I feel like it sounds like she called someone, just a different friend or something, to come pick her up. So, it's, again, and I don't want to assume or whatever, but it's probably drugs, and she probably had drugs on her, and didn't want to get in trouble with the law, and just called someone that she could yeah. feel safe with at and that point. And they usually have multiple phones. Eventually, he just left her in that bathroom, and I think someone came for her, because there wasn't a police report the night of, the report came after. Mm-hmm. And why I think she reported it not only for herself and the abuse that she had encountered, but she claims that that night of the encounter with her, he called her by Kamari's name. But this was before he abducted the child. Yes. So he was fixated on her. And he had told, she's saying that he had told her that he had, he was gloating that he had taught a five-year-old how to perform sexual acts. Does this mom know this man? They do know each other. Of course they do. So the police <sighs> on the conference said they they confirmed that there was a relationship between them. They couldn't say at what level, whether it was just friendship, whether it was business, business. or whether it was... Uh, you know, personal, romantic, or whatnot. They but did not way, specify. I'm understanding why mom doesn't have know custody. Each other, absolutely. The mother, right after <sighs> this happened, um, of course, she was on the media. She was on, on news reports and whatnot. There was a toy drive by the a local news station, just like we have one here every year for Christmas, around Christmas time and whatnot. Because this happened right before Christmas. And they didn't make it to Christmas, or Kamar didn't make it to Christmas. The mom took all of Kamari's toys to this toy drive, and it was a thing. Like, there was this big interview with Kamari's mom, Christy, saying how this is what Kamari would have wanted, that Kamari was a very loving, giving child, and she would have wanted to help other children by giving her toys away. And there is, I'll have to post the interview because it's, it's eerie to watch it now. The mom is saying, you know, I'm trying to do right by Kamari. I'm giving, you know, we're giving away her toys. I'm her mommy. I do, I'm not trying to paraphrase, but it's uh, cringy at best. It's a really bad interview. And how far again after she was discovered was this? Like four or five days after. Pretty quickly, which is weird to see because... You know, luckily we don't have anyone super close to us that's had that experience as far as an older child. But some parents, I mean, as far as we know, doing the this podcast, they can hang on to toys, to belongings of their kids for, you know, ever. months, weeks, ever. They'll never let stuff go because it reminds them of their kids and whatnot. And I understand to a certain extent unused toys, giving them away and, and you know, wanting to do that yeah. for chararity. But it just seemed too quick. Like and you were cleaning her out. Kind of cringy. Yeah. So it was just weird. And but she was making a big show about being yes. being her mom. It's like a solid seven minute interview about her being her mommy and like wanting to do right by her and that that's what she would have wanted. I don't like it. No. I, I did like not it. like it either. So after that happened with the toy drive, more information started coming out. And on December 27th, so right after Christmas, the police department issued three warrants for the mom. Come to find out. That mom sold her daughter. 
The mom sold her daughter. Damn it. Oh, my God. For drugs. Yeah, probably. Oh, my the details, God. The details on the exchange, quote, unquote, are not revealed, but it's possible that it's it was either a full sale or a rent of some sort or, like, to pay off a debt. So something like that. It was either for drugs, money, or some other services. But it's clear that there's something that happened, and Kamari, unfortunately, was the exchange. I hope that woman burns in hell. So, And you know that she'd done it in the past, and that he, That's his, what it sounds like, because he had that encounter of, yeah, with Yeah, saying with the that girl. he taught a five-year-old to do that. Oh. I guarantee you that she that had... been happening. She had pimped her daughter out. Yep. Yep. And that's why she had, like, unexpectedly showed up to pick her up. I mean, getting innocent to proving guilty, they haven't had their day in court, but the oh. fuck, dude? Yeah, no, seriously. Yeah, she showed up to pick up her daughter because she debt. needed her to, daughter to, yeah. to pimp her out. Be raped, basically. Yep. So we don't know if the acts that... So she was, she was sexually abused the night of her murder or the day of her murder. Um, we know that at the very least that day of, not only was she sexually abused, but she was sexually abused in the way of sodomy. She was raped. Night, the night of her murder. So yeah. I don't know if that it had happened to that extent before. And I don't know that there's a way to tell. Yeah. Um, but it's... My guess is, is that she also had her injuries, since he's a violent person. Mm-hmm. That her injuries were sustained pre-mortem. Probably. Because she was probably fighting her down. Them. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. And so after all this, one more piece of evidence that is really hard to swallow is that it was recorded. There's a video of this? There's a video of it somewhere. He was recording. Uh, he recorded. Somehow, there's something recorded of it. Because he's being charged with child pornography. Yeah. And we don't know to what extent whether the mom was there holding, uh, helping or something, but she's being charged with it as well. So the mother's charges, Christie's charges, are murder during the course of kidnapping, murder during the course of rape, murder during the course of sodomy, sodomy, and human trafficking. So, with all those charges, I think she had to have been involved more than just the human trafficking. And they haven't put off the table putting more charges on. So, it's still kind of... It's, I don't think it's developing, but, you know, they want to get as much as they can on him on her. Although For, it could be, like... You are the parent of this child, and yeah. you selling your daughter caused this to happen. That's Ergo, true, too. you will suffer the consequences of this. Jeremy's charges are capital murder of kidnapping, so they have not shied away from saying, we are looking for death sentence on this. Good. They, he deserves it. From day one, they knew this was going to be a capital case. I feel like everybody knows. I've talked about it many times. I have such a great area in the death penalty, but I'll flip the switch myself on this one. Yep. Capital murder for, uh, capital murder during rape. Capital murder during sodomy. The production of child pornography. And I read some places that it's possible that they do abuse of a corpse too. So 
that is not clear on whether or not that's going to be one of his charges, but it's oh possible God. that that is one of the charges These that is going to be on so there. These people are so evil. Absolutely fucking terrible people. Yeah. So, and, you know, what's funny, on the interview that the mom did during the toy drive, you know, I'm a stickler, and I know you're a stickler for sayings being said correctly, or just mm-hmm. when people... the. the punctuation or spelling and whatnot i know you get on me sometimes about it too but she said i didn't what did she say i can't even say it wrong i didn't have nothing to do with my daughter's kidnapping so yes that the truth (laughs) i agree you didn't have nothing to do with it so yeah i know that's not how she meant it but right yeah um just a, a slip there but and why would she say that I if she wasn't even a suspect at this point. Because right at the first news conference that the sheriffs held, they made it very clear that there was a link between the suspect, Jeremy, and, and the, the mom. mom. So right off the bat, she said that she was getting a lot of hate from it, or that she was getting like comments from people, et cetera, et cetera, about her involvement or her possible involvement. And so I think that's why she did this whole circus act of trying to do the toy drive and like trying to do like a nice thing surrounding this whole situation, trying to do a front like, oh, yeah, I am mm-hmm. a good mother. But she took that opportunity to try and clear her name as well. She didn't do a good job at it. No. And not that um, she was going to... I don't think that she was going to get away with it, especially with there being a link between them. But there was um, enough to to go arrest her a couple days later. So she got arrested outside of a gas station a couple days later. It took about an hour to hunt her down. So those are... What is this little girl's last name? I need to see a picture of her. Holland. Oh my gosh, she is the most adorable, cutest little girl. She's got blonde, curly hair. She's so cute. And her dream... Uh, there's, a, there's a picture, one of the ones that's used the most. She's at school and, you know, it asks, what do you want to be when you grow up? And it says princess, so... The media refers to her as, like, Princess Kamari Holland. Her favorite book is Dr. Seuss. I know. So she's cute. She is super cute. And the dad has, um, you know, if you if you listeners want to, you know, be involved in local, I, I don't want to say politics, but um, I guess reform, there's, the dad is campaigning to have a law put in place where someone that assaults or does something so heinous like this does not have the option to plead insanity because this dumbass, this monster has tried to use the insanity plea on this one. will never fly. So the dad is trying to get that law passed where someone where, you know, certain degree of terrible, the person is not able to, to plead insanity and they should see their day in court and they should deal with the consequences. So if you guys are interested in that, I'll post that change.org petition that the dad has going around. You know, the dad has done a couple interviews. They, I believe they did a, a public viewing or service for her as well. Which is common in the South. Yeah. So they did a, they did a private, but then they did a, a public one right after. And they, uh, I believe they released some doves for her and just, um, the dad is not... He wants to make sure that justice is done, and part of that for him is making sure that this guy does not get away with just pleading 
insanity and getting away with it. Obviously, for, like, the fourth time, because he's obviously been abusive to children, and he got his hands, you know, on on child after child for years before he actually got caught in this going to face an actual day in court. Yeah, I don't think he's gonna... I don't think insanity is gonna fly. No, I don't think so either. But, you know, instead of um, pleading guilty, not guilty, they they try to get away with stuff like that on, on shit like this. Obviously, there's something wrong with his brain, but... Yeah. Unfortunately, this wasn't the first child, which is even worse that... Yeah, two that this has literally cases, been going on. I know. Three. For so long. Yeah. yeah. Where they... Well, the... the the most recent one, it wasn't necessarily directly to the kid. It was the kid viewing something, a slap to the adult. No, I was talking about him burning a child with yeah. water and him killing a one-month-old. One-month-old. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the case of Princess Kamari Holland, poor little five-year-old innocent little kid. She did nothing <sighs> wrong, I'm sure. And the mom... Five-year-olds can't do anything wrong. The mom is the one who subjected the kid... Whether it was the first time or the hundredth time, we don't know. But one time was enough to to cause the It was not the first time. I, I don't think so either. I am very confident in that. I don't think so either. It's so sad. But it sounds like you said she was using her kid as currency. Yeah. To either get services or drugs or something. So. Well, that was incredibly mom, upsetting. I know. I'm sorry. I know. I was like, ah, I'm going to fuck up some days coming back with this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'll, I'll keep you guys posted. Uh, the court dates are set tentatively for September of 2022. So just next month. But due to COVID and just cases being so backed up, we don't know. that Right now they're both being held without uh, bond. Good. But we don't know if that's going to be... I'm going to just hope for prison justice on this one. Oh, gosh, yeah. I know. Yeah. Don't put them anywhere special. Nope. Just put them in Gen, Gen Pop. Pop. Yep. Let it let it ride. You deserve Gen Pop, yep. for sure. All right. Okay. Questions, comments, concerns? No. It <laughs> just made me ill. Yeah. Oh, God. How was your time off? Let's start there. <laughs> Um, my time off was enlightening for me. I don't know how I want to do this. Um, I guess like rip the bandaid off, right? Yeah. I was hoping that our time off would give me some clarity on some decisions that I've had to make. Um, and what has become clear to me is that I have a lot of competing priorities in my life and, um... I think the time has come for me to step away from the podcast. So, uh, this will not be my last episode. Next week will be my last episode. Um, and it's going to be a story that I tell. Uh, but yeah, um, I don't know. I don't know how to do this. Um, I usually like know what to say. Um, but I just think that for where I'm at in my life, that this is the best decision for me. Yeah. So. 
And know that she's not surprising me. We did talk about this before. <laughs> yeah, not surprising. <laughs> before we Bettina. came in here, and I'm I'm giggly about it now, just because I don't want to cry. And we've already talked about it, so at least it's not a surprise. But uh, it's been a fun ride. Yeah. And like you said, you have other endeavors and you have other priorities and, you know, some of them are to take care of yourself. Some of them are to better yourself. And but, you know, nonetheless, they're all to keep moving on, keep moving forward, keep getting better. So I I know people are going to miss you. I'm going to still be here, guys. You're stuck with me. Yeah. So if you want to keep listening to me, please do. But and I'm sure we talked about it that if, you know, there's ever a case that she's very passionate about or if she just ever wants to come hang out in this room again with me, this is this is our room together. So you're welcome. That Thank seat you. will always be there for you. So I might take you up on it. Absolutely. You know, if um, once the Peterson case gets bound again, come back in here and discuss <laughs> it because I know you'll want to. <laughs> mm, that probably won't be the case that pulls me back in. <laughs> Uh, but I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people that will miss you, miss listening to you, your stories, mm-hmm. your humor, your um, your everything on the podcast. Uh, I mean, it, it, we wouldn't have gotten this far if it weren't for your help, too. So brace yourselves because I suck at social media. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. <laughs> Not an exaggeration. <laughs> and... Um, but I wish you the best, and I'm sure everyone here does, too. Thank you. Really, though. Thanks. I'll go more into detail about it next week. Okay. Yeah. Okay. On that, like, awful, this has just been depressing all around. Yeah. This is not a good episode. No. <laughs> you get to edit. Oh. <laughs> all right. I don't okay. know where to let, end it, so we're just going to say bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you.